John Henry, known by his family as J.H., was the third of six children. The eldest was James, then came Hannah, J.H., Alice, Louise and Robert. Their parents, Hannah Stoddart and Professor James Lorimer, first met in 1848 on a ferry from Leith to Fife, home to the seaside towns and fishing villages where the professor stayed each summer to ease his asthma. Little did they know that this chance meeting would lead to almost 40 years of marriage and the restoration of Kelly Castle, a place that would likely be a ruin today had it not been for their determination to save it. The moment that the professor met his future wife and brother-in-law was recounted in his family history. The refinement of their appearance and manners contrasted with the extreme simplicity, even poverty, of their dress. They were both very good-looking, the girl remarkably so, with big, soft brown eyes and a profusion of the richest brown hair hanging in curls down her back. They were both very seasick, and the boy being incapable of looking after his sister, I, not reluctantly, charged myself with his duty. I wrapped my plaid around her and laid her on a bench, reporting on the progress of the journey from Kirkcaldy, Dysart and Leven to Largo, which was their destination. The little maid thanked me very sweetly for my attention to her, and I wished her a pleasant holiday, but little thought that in less than four years she would be my wife that she would be the pride and joy of my whole life and the mother of my six children. Before his 22nd birthday, John Henry completed portraits of both his mother and father, paintings that have inspired two poems by Christine DeLuca. Mother. You work so hard, Jack. I'm sure MacTaggart will be pleased with you and think you just as good as Laurie. Don't overtire yourself. I want to catch the daylight where it falls and get that dark velvet right, merging softly into a deeper background. And your exquisite lace. I think I'll add a flower or two, but keep it simple. It's as if I'm seeing you for the first time, Mother. Your face, that studious look, your fine complexion. I want my painting to show your kind humility. Do have a glance, Mother. See what you think. I won't admire it, dear, until you're happy with it. My mind is busy with all the things I need to do. Help with Robbie's reading. Find some silk threads for your sister's stitching. And write to James. Tell him what we do and how we miss him. I must get changed now and call the girls from study. Your father will be home for supper soon. Tonight, I'll play the Moonlight Sonata for you all. Father, a profoundly happy man on the edge of mirth, relaxed, not posed, looking as serious as he can for the artist, this prodigy of a son. Black velvet beretta to keep the head warm, silk academic gown, how those folds will be admired at the Royal Academy and the perfection of those hands. There will be a queue of ladies commissioning portraits. All those years of study have not dulled this sitter, 
blunted his love of learning. The book is serious stuff, jurisprudence. Europe is smarting without just laws. He has it in his mind to build a charter for a new world order. But you would never guess it from that eye that wants to twinkle, from that beard that any artisan might sport, from those gentle hands. Come May, he longs to hang up the gown, decamp to Fife for summer, to Kelly and the garden, have the family together, all busy, so much to resurrect, to bring back to life. During the summer of 1878, when the 38-year lease for Kelly had been secured, the Lorimer family did what it could to contribute to its restoration, working alongside local builders and craftsmen. They stitched curtains and embroidered tapestries, planned and planted the garden, carved chairs and completed the watercolours and oil paintings that would one day hang in the library or Great Hall. Many pieces were made by the hand of the eldest daughter, Hannah, an all-round artist whose nickname was Laurie. In 1878, she wrote to her sister Louise, The repairs are going on briskly. Our bedroom is in hand now, and Johnny's studio, and I gave orders yesterday for two window seats in Louise's rookery. Grant is planting strawberries in the terrace border, and the repairing of the garden wall and building of the piggeries is to be begun at once. There are such a lot of people all about here. We paid a visit to the old postwoman at Arncroch yesterday. She is a jolly hearty old lady and cracks straight on with great vigour and liveliness. The postwoman Jean Skinner became a regular presence at Kelly, later helping to make and embroider a bedspread featuring the Lorimer family motto, Upward, Onward. Laurie was also an accomplished needleworker, a skill that J.H. chose to record in one of his paintings of her. She also painted, sculpted and taught a number of art classes in Edinburgh. Of all his brothers and sisters, Laurie was the one J.H. seemed closest to. In his letters to her, he shared both his doubts and his triumphs. In 1909, he wrote of the portrait of her husband, Sir Everard Imthern. I often fear I am not a portrait painter. I think I begin them with great intelligence often, but the anxiety of the settings, the weather, etc. seem to break me down, or else I should rest them forever and begin again. But you see how difficult this is. By this time, John Henry had been unanimously elected a member correspondent of the Académie de Beaux-Arts, a mark of great artistic ability. On hearing the news in 1903, he had immediately written to Laurie to tell her. I knew that you, as an old Parisian residenter, would be much interested and know the value of it there. It was an astonishment, as I had not got a word of warning. The Lorimers were a family that truly valued the arts. John Henry's mother held a lifelong passion for music and attended painting lessons at the Edinburgh School of Design. She later studied geology and theology at the University of Edinburgh, where her husband James was Professor of Public Law. John Henry also enrolled at the University of Edinburgh, but his parents gave him permission to leave before graduating to pursue a career in the arts. The younger son, Robert, did the same, 
leaving the University of Edinburgh in 1884 to enter the office of architects Robert Rowand Anderson and Hugh Montgomery Wardrop. Two years later, the budding architect Robert was painted by John Henry, the starting point for another poem by Christine De Luca. Robbie, I think I've caught the light and shade well, but all that paper is darn difficult to paint. You look so boyish, though you're 22. I remember the first time I saw you, Robbie, just a few hours old. You were like a cherub. You've scarcely changed those grey-blue eyes, your quick smile for everyone. I love to draw you, paint you, catch that seriousness. You have her mother's hands and her artistic flair. I like how light glinted from the golden tips of your hair when you were young. Me skipping down the stair of the old tower at Kelly, from my eyrie to your workroom where you'd be busy sketching or carving, sleeves rolled up, full of concentration. We've all decamped there for the summer, left you in town all on your own. You say you manage fine, drawing and designing all day long and picking up your violin for company come evening. Somehow, I know you will go far. Robert, who was my great-grandfather, went on to design and complete the Thistle Chapel and the Scottish National War Memorial in Edinburgh. In 1915, Robert wrote of what it meant to be an artist, an account that can be applied both to himself and to his brother John Henry. He must have gifts that are rarely found in the same individual. He must be a dreamer of dreams, must have imagination, that gift of the gods at all times dealt out so sparingly to each generation. He must be a keen lover and minute observer of nature. He must feel the endless suggestion of buds and berries and seed pods of creeping and flying things of the twilight and the dawn. He must be methodical, a manager of men, but through all he must be the artist, literally to his fingertips, the man with an itch to produce, the man who feels that the wages are in the life. 